listeners, welcome to Dungeon Reference, an actual play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring staff of the Ocean County Library. While Dungeons and Dragons has many complex rules, the goals for today's adventure is to have fun above all else. Join our adventurers on a candle keep mystery. The party was heading south along the Sword Coast when they came upon the small coastal town of Swans River. Spotting the Swans River branch of the Great Sea County Library, they entered the building and saw a community bulletin board with various postings. One in particular caught their eye. The posting read, Desired, persons interested in solving the mystery of Leeds Wood Mine. Find out what happened to the people in the village of Leeds Wood. Reward, 1,000 gold coin. Baron S. Pine, owner, Leeds Wood Mine. It looked like it had been posted a long time ago, and it had been taken down, then rehung quite a few times over the years. The information services desk was next to the posting board, and the librarian motioned the party to come closer. The librarian said that the posting had been up there as long as they had worked here. A lot of self-proclaimed adventurers had taken it down and considered it, but no one had studied it as long as you folk. There is a companion book that goes with that. Well, not quite a book, more like a rambling collection of notes. Would you like to see it? The party checked out the book, A Deep and Creeping Darkness. The book tells the tale of a mining village, Leeds Wood, whose residents went missing over the course of several months. Forty years ago, an explosion rocked the Leeds Wood mine, trapping 60 miners. 30 were rescued, but only half of the bodies were ever found. Several weeks later, the surviving miners started disappearing, one or two at a time. Then the villagers started to disappear. The villagers started sleeping with weapons and traveling in groups. But if one stepped briefly out of sight for even a second, they were gone. The book ends with the author wondering if anyone still lives in Leeds Wood. And on the last page was a hand-drawn map showing the location of the village. To get to Leeds Wood, the party had to travel to the village of Splitted River. After a one-day trek to Splitted River, the party stopped at the captain's tavern. There they met Lucas Grosnever, the aged owner of the tavern. Lucas used to live in Leeds Wood, and his wife worked in the mine. When she died, he left Leeds Wood and came to Splitted River. They also met Splitted River's village elder, Isabella Daystriker. Daystriker, the niece of Leeds Wood's mayor, Leah Dusen, still remembers that when her aunt and cousins arrived in Splitted River, they were barely coherent. They didn't remain in town long, and Daystriker believes they are no longer living. She also described a letter that Leah wrote to Daystriker's mother. The letter described the horror that was happening in the village, the disappearances, the constant nightmares, and the screams in the darkness. If people didn't die, they were driven to madness. Leah sent her wife and kids away, but insisted on staying to solve the mystery of what was happening. As the party got up to leave, Lucas asked, If you go to Leeds Wood, could you put flowers on my wife's grave? It is under the only tree in the cemetery. Hidden in the tree is a pendant that I left to use as a reason to return to visit my wife. Now that I'm too old to travel, could you return it to me? Elder Daystriker tells of another adventurer, Jasmine Stoneheart, a silver dragonborn who had left a fortnight ago also seeking the reward. Be careful, says Daystriker. Jasmine's strong-willed and her ice breath is not to be taken lightly. 
The party headed for Leeds Wood. It was two-day journey on foot, since the only road that completely succumbed to nature over the years. They set up camp for one night and were attacked by a swarm of bats, but they easily disposed of the creatures. Other than the bats, the woods were eerily quiet. Hi, my name is Joe. I am the dungeon master for this adventure, and I'd like the players to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Matt. I will be playing Storm today, or as his full name is Roland Storm Shadow. He is a human cleric. His nickname is Storm. Hello, my name is Thomas. Today I will be playing Kaldri Lunpar. He is a gnome warlock whose pronouns are he slash him. Kaldri is very charismatic in nature. He is a loving man with a disgraced past. He stands three foot tall. He has pale ivory skin, bright light orange hair, and beautiful emerald eyes. However, they are a bit dull as if clouded by the past. Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm playing Scarlet Animalia, a wood elf druid who was raised by human fighters after her parents were unfortunately prisoners of war. And I was raised in the woods with a roaming village camp um, and later became the hero known in my village after saving them during a fire that took all of our crops. Hi, my name is Chichilia. I'll be playing Bud Buggerton. Bud is an Aarakocra monk. Pronouns, any pronouns, will suffice. Bud comes from a big family in Waterdeep. His background is urchin and came from the Temple of the Winged Warriors and is just really interested in finding all the coolest tricks they can learn how to do and having a good time. You had just completed your trek from Splitted River and uh, you arrived at the edge of an overgrown, falling apart town because nobody's been here for decades of Leeds Wood. It lays before you. There's a lot of base growth and considering it's early spring, there's flowers budding everywhere. Doesn't seem like any new tree growth or anything, so it's not hasn't become wooded. Um, you see the ruins of maybe a dozen houses, a few a little bit more intact than the others, and the others you just see foundations. What would you like to do? You've got about five buildings that are fairly intact. The mine is beyond the town. If you want to head right there, I think we should explore some of the buildings that we have right here. I mean, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, I agree. Is it still like very eerily quiet other than those bats that we fought? The silence is continues to be very eerie. It's, it's weird. These woods, deep woods, you would think you'd hear more birds and uh, other creatures shuffling through the reeds and stuff like that. You're not really hearing that. It is quiet. Almost like it's muted. So, yeah, I guess we should probably explore some of the buildings, see if we could get any clues. And then can we see the cemetery? You're not that close to it. It's at the um, further edge of the town off to the left. What you have closer to you looks like a um, relatively intact inn. Straight ahead, it's like the main entranceway is the main road comes up and you see a um, a big house, two-story house there. That's also a fairly intact uh, and then it forks from the map that you had received. The fork to the right goes to the mine. 
book to the left uh, is, is closer to the cemetery. So nearest to you on your left is um, an inn. Straight ahead, further up is a mansion. Uh, there's a couple of other buildings intact also on the left. Can Storm say, every time I visit a town, the first place I've stopped is the inn. I like to take, feels like it's a good place to get an idea of what the town is like. Well, that first building on the left would appear to be an inn. There is a tattered sign still hanging there. The silence has me unsettled. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think we should go to the inn. That's usually where all the trouble happens, right? So you head that way, and as you get closer, you realize that the sign does say the wand and hammer. A thick layer of dust that covers the interior of the building, and the sign shows a blacksmith's anvil and an empty quenching trough beside it. That's the take from the front. But immediately goes in. (laughs) Okay. Scarlet falls right behind her. I will be in the middle because I do not want to be in the back. <laughs> I will I will take the back as as I may. So my patron is the god of protection. So I feel I should be in the back. Should we storm in the back? Probably well, there's no middle. <laughs> uh who is it? Scarlet said you went first? I went. Bud, oh, Bud went, went first. first and then Scarlet. Is that it? All right. Let's just take in a running leap into the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have, I have, what I have here is a know who to uh, surprise first. Your perception check. That is a 19 total. Got an eight total. I got a whopping four. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's what yeah. I rolled. I have a plus four to add to it. <laughs> so, yeah, then it would be 15. Yep. Okay. Scarlet and Bud, very dusty tavern. Most of the furniture is just crumbled, disarray. Not something you'd look like you want to sit on. But the two of you, Scarlet and Bud, you were off, kind of poking around behind the uh, bar. And you did notice a a section of wood against the back of the uh, bar that's not the same color as the rest. So it looks like a panel. And with your perception, it's enough to um, make you want to take a peek. I think Bud motion. Bud wants to punch it for reasons because bud likes to just immediately do everything he's gonna (laughs) hold back though that's okay (laughs) and look to scarlet because scarlet is right behind them and be like there's something suspicious over there do you see it the wood panel yes i see the wood panel i believe we should move it but i look to cauldry and ask for an extra hand, just in case. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here. I, I could do so much. I stroll up, me and my three-foot wonder, and I go, yeah, ready for these guns? <laughs> and I'm in the back going, careful. <laughs> careful, guys. All right, so I'm going to attempt to lift this plank. It actually comes off pretty easy. It's a hidden storage space, and in it you find 20 gold pieces and a ring of swimming. Magical item. Well, this might be useful. That's so much money. We're rich now. Look at all those shinies. Nothing else left. I'm going to put on the ring. You do feel a tingling in your hand. It really goes with your whole look, Coltry. I know, right? It makes me look nice and beautiful when I show the ring to everybody. <laughs> it looks a little shinier. <laughs> on to the next building. Next one adjacent to it uh, is a stonemason's workshop. 
you see a, a workbench, what used to be probably hammer and chisels, but kind of rusted away, decrepit looking. Run a perception check. Nine total. Getting a different die. <laughs> a fiver. Fifteen. Yay. It came to 20. <laughs> so anyway, it's a stone motion workshop. You notice a lot of headstones in there, and especially with your 20, you started looking at the headstones. They look new. There's a lot of new ones. And the one that's on his bench, it looked like he started to carve in here lies and never finished it. The feeling is, is that business was booming at the end. Didn't we agree to go visit the gravestone? I see the yeah. cemetery is in sight. To put uh, flowers. See the gravestone off to the left. Four or five I'm, dozen I'm graves. The opinion. We, we honor our promises. And, and you also see the tree in the back of the uh, cemetery, right on the edge. Uh, it, it stands out. It's the only tree in that area. So you're heading that way. Okay, like I said, you see maybe four dozen headstones in there. Uh, maybe no, maybe more. I'm just—it's a fairly for a village. It's not that unusual, even with your limited passive perception. You do notice something in common, though, especially when you first enter into this cemetery. All the headstones are equally worn. Further back in the cemetery, you see some crumbling, a little weary from the wind and the weather and the winters. But up front, it looks like a newer part to the cemetery. And if you look closer, almost all have the same date. A couple of rows, dozens of headstones, all within the same couple of months from when the incident happened. So obviously, a lot of villagers were dying. This adds to my unsettling feeling. And the one you were looking for, do see one newer headstone in the back, in front of the tree at the back of the cemetery going to walk up to the headstone to read it and make sure that that's the one that we've been looking for. Uh, that is her headstone. I pay my respects at the headstone and then go and scope out the tree where the pendant is supposed to be hidden, correct? Correct. He had also asked if you could put flowers on the, and there's, there's abundant flowers in the area. Okay. Yeah, I would probably look over at Scarlet and be like, mm-hmm. hey, can you put these on top of the grave for me? Might not be able to reach. <laughs> I will gladly take those and set them on top, as well as also pay my respects kneeling before it. Right after you do that, Scarlet, you hear a soft, contented sigh, and you also feel a little healthier. You have uh, 10 temporary hit points. You head off towards the tree. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roll a perception. All right, let's see if this new die comes through. 12 total. There's a huge knot hole <laughs> in the middle of the tree. And um, in it, you see, you see a bit of silver. So you reach in and it is the necklace. So you do have the necklace. All right. So I shout, I'm, I tell everyone, I'm like, I've, I've recovered his necklace and I will store it away and return it to him upon when we get back. Bud is cartoonishly in like a cloud of smoke right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just wants to look. Yeah. With their eyes, it. yeah, not with their hands. <laughs> I show their it to eyes them. get like really big. Cool, oh, so cool. Very nice. He puts it away. Her head kind of leans down a little bit at this point, but doesn't say anything. <laughs> the big building is now the next structure to your right, which is the mayor's house. If you remember from the intro, um, her niece had uh, received a letter, and after the mayor had sent her wife and kids 
to Splitted River, she stayed behind to investigate, to try and figure out what was going on with the town. So that's her home to the right. And beyond that is the mine. So it's, it's a logical place to head. All right. So we should see if she has any notes on, uh, you know, whatever she might Hookie have uncovered scares. from this mystery. Several of you notice. Actually, Scarlet, your perception isn't that bad. Your passive perception. And uh, Storm, you notice there's a, about halfway to the house and you see this stands out, really. It's a backpack, typical adventurer's backpack, except about a size and a half larger than the, the one most normal people would wear. And what's most interesting about it is it looks like it's been recently dropped there. I would like to investigate it. Like I said, it's a basic adventurer's backpack. You open up one of the side zippers. It contains your usual standard backpack gear, a couple of days worth of rations, a hundred gold coin, the map similar to the one you had to bring you to Leeds Woods. The only thing, again, odd about this is it looks like it was a larger creature who was carrying this because um, you tried putting it on and it straps were down around your knees. <laughs> this must okay. be Jasmine's, I would assume at least. We should probably not touch this. I would like Scarlet to just drop the bag back where it was and walk away from it. Well, let's check out the mansion and see if there's any cool stuff or words on paper that would say things. Safely. Sure. You approach the mansion. Uh, everybody roll me a uh, perception. 15. Got a 17 total. I got a 9. Theory, I have a 25, but I know that's not possible. <laughs> it sure is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've... Awesome. People have rolled like 37 from things I've watched in the past and when you get to the higher levels. Anyway, Caldry, you think you heard whispering. You turn around. There's nobody behind you. You heard a distinctive whisper. It was unintelligible. You couldn't grasp what it was. But like I said, you heard something. Did anyone else hear any uh, uh, any weird stuff going on? What? I did uh, not. No, no, you weren't trying to talk to me, whispering in my ear. No, I haven't I heard not. anything. Oh. oh, maybe it was the wind. We need to be. Oh. We need to move carefully, mindfully here. And as a team, of course, they want to take me because I'm small. I will protect you. How tall is Caldry again? I am three feet. <laughs> okay, Bud is a lovebird, Aracocra, and is only like a foot taller than you. <laughs> I look at Bud then and I go, and you're probably next. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's a grand two-story brick house that has fallen prey to time and elements like the rest of the village, but it remains in better shape than the smaller houses. Heavy wooden double doors are flanked by dark windows and chimneys anchor the building at each corner. Their masonry is crumbling. In front of the house is a wide leafless tree its gnarled branches reach towards the clouds like twisted fingers, and its rough bark is pockmarked with large knots and beetle holes. You walk into the entranceway. Everything's covered with a half an inch of dust, but it is getting dark. All right, so I take my mace out, and I cast light on it so it starts to glow, and I'm kind of just using it as a makeshift torch, but also prepared to use it defensively should I need it. Okay, so 
you've seen the uh, the hallway. There's stairs in the back that go up. There's a, there's a door that could go to a backyard. And then there's a hallway to the left and a hallway to the right. Which way would you like to go? Would we like to split up in teams of two to cover ground more quick, two upstairs, two on the first floor? I do not recommend this. <laughs> please, no, please. It already whispered to me. I don't want to go. <laughs> I feel we should stay together. Um, That's the least interesting thing, though, but probably the smart thing. By nature, um, want to keep us safe and protected. But stays very close to the light. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so you go going around the group with... Yeah, which way are we? With Storm in the center. Oh, which yeah, way we, are we? Which way are we, we going to go, left or right? All That's crowded around Storm. <laughs> so um, I'm just drawing a rump in the middle of the floor. <laughs> hey, we're all in the same square right. park. I think left or right. <laughs> Let's just go left. I mean, we're just randomly exploring. We really have no guidance here, so I think we should just go left and see what carefully, mindfully, slowly. <laughs> it's my intent, anyway. We're on the right. Hinges are kind of crumbling, so it's hanging awkwardly. And the one on the left is open, actually. The open one is suspicious. Why would someone leave a door open? They want us to come in because it's a trap. But my natural curiosity forces me to stick my head in and stick the mace in just to kind of cast the light around to see if I could, you know, uh, almost instinctually without really thinking, I just poke my head in. And, and Okay, I guess we're going that way. <laughs> we don't have to. I'm just scoping it out. The light's over there. (laughs) Actually, it's kind of obvious. There's a whole bunch of chairs facing a podium at the head of the room. Uh, Not only was this the mayor's house, but some of the town meetings occurred here. Uh, This was an assembly room. You're not seeing a lot. Like I said, chairs at a podium. Any part of the room you'd like to investigate? I would like to go up to the podium. And with your uh, squirrel, you got, yeah, you got a good, you, you do have a good passive perception. You notice a note. Under the dust, kind of fragile looking, but it looks like a, um, so you see an aged worn note, but it's still legible. And it looks like it was left over from the last meeting. The note suggests that everyone should start arming themselves, carrying weapons whenever they move about the town and to pair up, to not walk alone. Too many people have started disappearing. Yeah. Shall we leave? Shall we go investigate the other room? Can I kick the door open? Uh, you want to kick the door open? Go ahead. Okay. Just an unarmed. What'd you roll? An 11 total. You kick the door. It stings a little, but you're not hurt. And the door does go flying across the room. And I shake my head. I'm like, bud, <laughs> we need to be cautious. Uh, I'm sure. Raising it's a racket. Cautious. Just, less <laughs> if someone noise. was in there, they'd get hit. Hmm. Scarlet, when, you, when the door hit the floor, at the corner of your eye, The hallway behind you, you think you saw some movement there, but you turned and looked and there's nothing there now. Well, anyway, you thought you saw some movement. Kick the door into the room and it looks like a meeting room. There's a big circular table, chairs around it. One thing you do notice on one wall, there's a huge portrait and you're assuming it's the mayor, Leah Dusen. She's seated, a typical portrait painting of the day. Uh, but one thing that really stands out is the artist 
it's almost as if there was a light on it because it stood out, it's shining, is uh, the mayor in the portraits wearing a platinum signet ring. Look at Storm. Should we go further down the hall or go back the way we came to the other side? It's my opinion we should explore this hallway f- till its end and then take on the other one. Might as well just do them all one at a time. Okay, Someone so you're heading the hallway in the other direction? Yeah. So you go down the hallway, you got a door to the right, door to the left. They're both closed this time? Yes. Left? I'm going to stay left as well. Right. So you That's open good. up the door? Immediately. <laughs> left? Okay, go. <laughs> it's, um, you look inside, it's a parlor. It's empty except for some wingback chairs situated against the left-hand wall, a desk in a far corner, and a fireplace. I'd like to search the desk. Okay. And you will follow her in? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Maddie? I'm just staying very close to Storm because okay. that's where yeah. the light is and I don't want to yeah. be taken. We're all just, <laughs> Caldry and Butter just up against Storm, just falling like a wall <laughs> until uh, Seabot sees something in Storm, you're, you're the last one in, but just as you're coming through the door, you think you feel somebody brush your shoulder. This is not good. Not good. Uh, two of you are too short to touch my shoulder, and I know <laughs> the other one is not behind me, so something just touched my shoulder. I spin around, and I'm looking around frantically. Got a bad feeling about this. The uh, motion of the light rapidly moving is kind of a strobe effect for the rest of you. So, uh... Ooh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scarlett, you went to uh, inspect the desk. There's nothing of interest there. Actually, this room was available for public use, so uh, a few crumbling sheets of blank parchment and a quill and a dried-up inkwell. That was it. Can I explore the fireplace? There's nothing up in the chimney or anything? Give me an investigation check. All right, hold on. Nine plus the nine. Straight nine. As far as you're concerned, there's nothing in the fire. Nothing. Okay. Some burnt-out wood. Yeah, I see no reason to stay in this room any further. Honestly, okay. the sooner we are free of this house, the better I will and I'll, feel. And I'll just... The room across the hall, let's just say the door was open. It's a dining room. There's a rectangular table with eight chairs. There's some ceramic dishes, serving dishes and bowls on the top of the table. And another fireplace in the corner. No food. <laughs> Not after all these years. Very disappointing. <laughs> Even the mice that ate it are long dead. <laughs> upstairs? Let's go. Good. You head upstairs. There's an open landing at the top of the stairs. Four closed doors lie before you. And a large entranceway gapes from across the hall to the south. So you're coming up on the stairs. Basically, once you get to the top of the stairs, directly across from you, there's a big double-wide opening, no door, into a room. And then on your left, there's two doors, and on the right, there's two doors. Want to go to the one that's open first? I think so. This is the library. Shelves filled with books line the walls of this library. Four wingback chairs sit around a low table in the center of the room. Wide bank of windows in the south wall affords a panoramic view of the dilapidated houses in the town. Are there any like possible signs that there's a secret passage behind any of the bookshelves? The two walls, each side of you face the parlor, you'd quickly realize there's nothing there. You could check the left and right wall. Uh, why don't you start with the, your right hand wall and do an investigation check? Can I help search as well? Give her. He wants to help. Okay. I have a 13. You have advantage. So roll a d20 again. Right. Do it again a second time. Pick the higher one. 
13 is still the higher one. Okay, 13. There doesn't seem to be anything secret behind the wall. It's actually a bookcase, but nothing secretive or nothing mysterious. There's no cracks like hidden doors or anything like that that you can tell. You do see stuff on the table if you want to look closer. Yeah, so I walk over and just hold the light up over and start poking around on the table. I start climbing on the table. (laughs) I second that. I ain't staying out of the the light's view. (laughs) Several open books lie on the table with notes scribbled on bits of paper stuck between their pages. Topics seem to be about the effects of physical and emotional trauma, nightmare, and mysterious disappearances. Seemingly out of place, though, there is a book about the Feywild and its various creatures. There's a single note in that book, uh, written in, you would say, an unsteady hand. Could this be the answer? And the note marks a page with an entry on a creature called a meanlock, M-E-E-N-L-O-C-K. Meanlocks are corrupt fey creatures that spontaneously manifest in response to fear in places where the border with the Feywild is thin. They create more of their kind by transforming humanoids through a process of psychic torment, which could take hours or days, and they live in subterranean nests. Meanlocks are sensitive to bright light, but can sense shadows and darkness. After reading this, I get closer to the light even more. <laughs> <laughs> like touching the face. <laughs> Storm, how strong are you? Can you carry the other three? Well, now that you're in the, the library, it's two doors to your left and two doors to your right. Which way do you want to go? I think we should do the first door on the left. Okay. Door's closed. Do you open it? Okay. This is the primary bedroom. This is where the mayor slept. And again, Scarlet, with your uh, passive perception of 17, you notice that there's a book, looks like one of the last books. Not a book, it's a scroll, actually, like a spell scroll. At least amount of dust on it. I have one of the last things the mayor handled, sitting on her night table next to her bed. Okay, it's a uh, spell of banishment. You would use a DC saving throw of 15. I would like to give the scroll to Caldry. Thank you. Now if I see them, I know exactly what to do. There is uh, one more envelope that looks fairly dust-free. And this goes hand-in-hand with the letter she had written to her, her niece. It's a journal, and it's her notes. It talks about the disaster at the mine, where many died, the village's anguish, and so many victims. She goes into details of the rescue efforts trying to dig out, you know, and they rescued some that were trapped. They did stop the search because of fear of cave-ins. And then she starts telling about how after that happened, how the miners started disappearing. And then the villages started disappearing in the night. Uh, you notice her handwriting starts to get more shaky, maybe a little more illegible. She feels helpless, but she's trying to stay on, see if she can help the villagers, find out what's going on. She notes that she sent her two children, Tavin and Nia, back to uh, Splitted River. And the last few pages, hardly legible, but she talks about the reoccurring nightmares and creeping fears that she was having, waking up in the middle of the night, soaked in sweat, the sounds of lingering screams in her ears. This is definitely sounding more and more like the mean locks as we go further, don't you think, guys? Yeah, I like that 
part about the psychic torment. That's not my favorite part of that. So do you want to head towards the mine? We should get to the mine. We need to figure out what's going on. I was hoping we'd find some cool weapons, but cool information is also cool. You find the entrance to the mine. It's now dusk. The mine is dark. So I assume you're going to continue with the two of you with dark vision in a completely dark mind really doesn't give you a lot. I know you have 60 feet and that's in dim light. I believe the way it reads. So for this, I'll say you can see if there's no other light, you can see maybe 30 feet. Make out shapes, not detail. If Storm continues with his spotlight, that will help clarity within the first 30 feet. You're not going to see much more beyond it uh, unless you light your torches. I think Bud not having dark vision would light a torch. Okay. You have a torch. You hold it slightly above your head. You do note that within the first 10 feet, it's a very bright, intense light. And the light continues out. You still can see detail out to 30 feet. And just be careful. Uh, you're not the tallest, so Storm be. If you're behind her, it is going to obscure your vision a bit. Okay. I'm going to put my mace away because I have this new fancy short sword. Can I take out from my pack the pendant that we found in the tree and cast light on that? And I hang it, put it around my chest just so it's constantly there and not kind of swinging around. Okay. And I- and the pendant is just ornamental. There's no magic in the pendant. Okay. Okay. I need all of you to, now that you've entered the mine, you need all to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, boy. Is this considered magic? Because I have advantage on wisdom against magic. You have advantage. Yes. <laughs> Thank what? God. I rolled a one, but advantage. So I didn't roll a one. I have so- 21. 21? Yep. Okay. I thought, I thought you said 41 for a second. That, that's a really high number. <laughs> All right, Scarlett, that's good. Bud? 16. That's good. I got an 18. Yeah, even though I'm proficient in wisdom, and I got a total of an 8. 8. Yeah. Okay. Make a note. Sorry, Storm. The rest of the time in the tunnels... You have disadvantage on intelligence and wisdom checks. So the rest of you are okay. You're going to proceed down this entranceway. The mine is dark and damp. You do hear the sound of dripping water echoing from deep within. You're kind of wrapped in an oppressive gloom and shadow. You are heading slightly uphill. There was a mountain behind the town. And you get to a point where you see a pile of rubble left over from the the cave-in. How cramped is this space right now, by the way? Uh, I'm showing 10 to 15 feet wide, so I wouldn't say it's cramped. At the end of this, you're going to get to a T-intersection. We can go right or left. All right, so you do get to a point. You continue on ahead. You hit a pile of rubble where it looks like the miners were trying to uh, excavate. That was probably the main portion of the cave-in explosion that where the miners were trapped. I think we should investigate the rubble. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a cave-in. The mounds of broken rock block the tunnel, piled from ceiling to floor. So the whole roof caved in, and it's just piled to the ceiling. 
when you first got there, you saw a few other places where there were cave-ins, but it was just to one side. In this case, it's the whole width of the tunnel, floor to ceiling, with debris and chunks of rock. They look heavy. It's stone, but you want to try moving one? I mean, there's, there's lots of loose stone at the base. I look to storm. I will move some. Okay, you pick an average-sized stone, which is still maybe a foot or two across. Give me a um, deck-saving throw. Deck-saving throw, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, 13. You picked up the rock, started to move it, and there were several rocks kind of wedged against it. They fell forward. Uh, you just took six points of uh, bludgeoning damage. <laughs> I should have listened to my instinct and not moved this rock, <laughs> bud. I just looked at you. <laughs> <laughs> Any other rocks you want to move? No. The path continues around, opens up into a larger chamber. Ceiling's kind of high up, kind of hard to see what's up there. You could hold up the light a little closer, maybe. Yeah. So you hold the light up a little closer. Everybody roll initiative. I was going to have Bud fly up, but... (laughs) So I rolled Rolled an 18 and my initiative is five. So 20. I rolled a four. I have an 18 altogether. Calgary has 18. I think Storm, you said you have a four. Yep. Okay, Bud. 17. And Scarlet? 23. When you held the light up to the ceiling, you uh, stirred up a swarm of bats. Two groups fly down towards you. First one, uh, Scarlet's going to head for you. Second one, uh, Calgary, going to head for you. So Scarlet, you go first as the uh, first swarm approaches you. And I use animal speak. So I try to speak to the first bat that approaches me. Bats are uh, immune to being charmed. So they don't hear you. They're actually immune to charmed, frightened, grappled, paralyzed, petrified, stunned. So, okay, that doesn't do anything. Uh, then as soon as I realize it doesn't work, I just duck. Next up is the actual... Bats, because they roll a a manufactured 20. They are going to attack Charlotte. Your armor class is 15. They do not attack you. Uh, The second swarm attacks Caldry. And I think a 23 hits, right? Because your AC is 13. So they do two damage, piercing. Okay, next up is Caldry. So I kind of go, ow. I just look at the brunt of them, and I just Eldritch Blast into it. (laughs) Okay. So I got 10 plus 7, so 17 altogether. That hits. Okay. And then I do a D10 of damage, but I get plus 5 damage as well because I have Agonizing Blast as my invocation. Okay. And I rolled a 10, so that is 15 damage. 15 damage? Okay. This was a swarm of bats. Slightly more than half have already hit the ground. Moving on to uh, Bud. Bud is going to use unarmed strike at the bats that are by Scarlet. He's going to do a roundhouse kick to the bats. Oh, God. (laughs) An eight. An eight? Yes. Um, They divert slightly, but you didn't seem to hurt them. All right. As a bonus action... Okay. Because Monk, I can do another on an unarmed strike as bonus action. Okay. Just other leg. (laughs) 
Oh, natural 20. Uh, so roll the damage dice twice. It's the damage dice twice and the modifier once. So that was a four and then a one. That's on five. On a D4, five plus three and eight. Okay, eight damage. Storm, you're up. I'm going to use uh, Sacred Flame Cantrip. There's one group near Scarlet and the other one's near Caldry. Whichever one is closest to me. You're probably five within five feet of both of them because you were... Okay. Who just took damage? Both groups have damage. The ones by Caldry have more damage. They seem a little bit... <laughs> which, which, little which one of our characters took damage? I'm sorry. Oh, which Caldry. one? Our, which, um, Caldry. Caldry did. All right. So I'm going to target those, the ones above Caldry. So it's just uh, 11 plus 4, so 15. Yes, that hits. That, okay. that definitely hits. Yeah, 12 right. is your armor class. Sorry. And then the um, Sacred Flame does 1d8 radiant damage. Okay. So, oh, I rolled a 6. So just 6 damage? Yep. There's basically one bat with a half a wing left. But yeah, there's still one battle active. And we go top of the order. So Scarlet. Like to just unarmed strike the bat? Weird. I rolled a nat 20 and it would be a plus 2. So <laughs> 7. Okay. It's not a second group. Okay, so you did seven damage. They're uh, about half defeated. Okay, next up is the bats. The bats are now going to, one group, swing at Scarlet. I don't know, 10 doesn't hit, so they miss again. The second group is going to swing at Caldry. Second limping bat. He's not even close. I guess that damaged wing has made him really lame. So the bats do not do any damage. And up next is Caldry. There's only one bat left, right? So I'd probably unarmed strike it. Except for I wouldn't because I crit failed. <laughs> you crit failed. Being the nasty DAM I have, and since you and uh, Scarlet were up front, you uh, punched Scarlet in the side of the head. So... <laughs> Roll your uh, D4. Can I even reach the head, though? <laughs> you, you punch her shin. <laughs> or her knee. <laughs> yeah, okay. You, you punch her in the knee, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's three damage. Ow. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure she'll want to speak to you after combat. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Bud, you're up. It's very dark in here, so... Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for the one that's by Scarlet. Just keep keep at it. Just look. I'm going to probably do the same thing I did. Don't want to waste my key points. Uh, dirty 20. That definitely hits. Keep rolling fours. Seven damage. Seven damage. That's exactly what you needed. Uh, that swarm of bats is gone. So all that's left is that one half-winged bat over Calgary's head. I'm going to, uh, yeah, another arm arm strike, just back kick into the one bat. <laughs> that's a uh, 23. <laughs> okay. And then five he, damage. He's dead. There <laughs> <laughs> had one point left. <laughs> okay. So, yes, the bats are dead. All right. How's everybody looking? I am down one-tenth of my health because I only have 20 health. <laughs> uh, maybe we should take a potion. 
you, you get no, no, it's it's fine. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll keep the potion <laughs> close. Uh, immediately starts walking somewhere. <laughs> I can also. Which what do I have for uh, healing everybody? I have something healing word. Is that the one that does creature uh, cure wounds? Both healing word. One one is touch and one is yeah room. Yeah, but I don't have anything that can do multiple people. I don't think. I'm also I'm down six hit points as well. I might drink my potion. Bud is disappointed they have not lost any. (laughs) (laughs) five plus two is seven so i got all of my hit points back go on beyond this room you get to a large chamber there are four columns in a chamber Uh, i'm going to say with scarlet passive perception you notice that there are sticks of dynamite strapped to each of these natural pillars holding the roof up And what you can see is a fuse line that runs off to the side. So if you think of this chamber as a um, 40 foot by 30 foot, more or less oval, it's not quite that simple. Against the walls, you see fuse lines running off, so dynamite. So it looks like last ditch effort, whatever you may be facing, may use this as their way out. You also notice in the back corner of the room, uh, what looks to be a large creature, possibly a dragonborn, bound up and is moaning, not happy. At this point, you don't see anything else. Right, so, so I think I, I think we need to what, run across the room and, and see who this is and if she's okay. I mean, I think in my haste and, and my nature to be the helpful healing person, I'm um, so, I'm shouting out, like, come on, we got to go, and just kind of taking off. So Storm and Bud, uh, you two are heading across the room. Right. Uh, I mean, I'll, towards... I'll follow because they are the only people with lights out right now, and I'm not <laughs> yeah. trying to be caught in the dark. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to give you, there are torches in this room. There is moderate light, mm. not okay. bright. Calgary was following. Scarlett, are you staying near the entrance or... I actually want to check out one of the fuses that are running from the bombs to see where it. Okay, so you ends. head, you're heading, you come in the entrance, you've gone to the left, and you're heading towards the entrance. Scarlet, give me a uh, wisdom saving throw. 22. You're fine. You just about get to, it's just a, a fuse cord, something that somebody would just light. And that fuse would run to the stick of dynamite. What would you like to do? So it's not attached to anything, and nothing's in the where at the end of this. Like there's no creatures or anything. No, no, you don't. You don't see anything else. You just see the cord. It's, it's just a cord. It's stuck in the piece of dynamite. This is primitive. Uh, one good yank would probably pull the cord out. I would like to remove the cord. That way it. Okay deviates an extra threat that we don't need. So you give the cord a yank, it pulls out. As you do that, a mean lock appears immediately behind you. It just hits you with, it just rolled a 23, so that hits you. Seven, ooh, that hurts. Nine, just did nine slashing damage to you. And do a constitution saving throw. 
Oof. All right. That's a three. <laughs> That's a three? Yeah. Okay. You are now paralyzed. But you had a torch in your hand. <laughs> causes the mean lock to back off. So he's not standing next to you. He he had materialized. They do have the capability to teleport. And he used that capability when he came in. Uh, he backed off because of the bright light. So that's M1. The rest of you, not the Milocs, have made themselves known. Everybody rolled for initiative. I rolled an 11. It's Matt or Storm. Okay, Matt, you rolled an 11? Yep. So our storm rolled at 11. Okay. Bud rolled a five total. Bud rolled a five? Yeah. Okay. Caldry actually got a natural 20, so 22 altogether. Okay, we'll take the 22. I got an 18. And Meatlocks, unlike last time, didn't roll as high. So you all saw... The Milak attacks Scarlet and then back off. He's uh, it. I don't know what it is. It. Back near the entrance where you came in, it's still closest to Scarlet. For the grouping in the middle, which is the three of the rest of you, one Milak is 15 feet to your right. Another one is 15 feet to your left. The fourth one, this four all together, is uh, about 15 feet. Not dead ahead, it's sort of, because dead ahead is the the dragonborn that's tied up. So one to the left, do left, one do right, and then one ahead to the right. First one up is Calgary. How far away is the one that was by Scarlet, or did it completely teleport away? He backed off, he's about 10 feet behind her. Okay, and in proportions to me, that wouldn't be over 120 feet, right? Uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 20 feet. I'm going to attack at that one. And I'm going to use Scorching Ray. That is rolled a hit, which is a 17 plus 7. That hits. Okay, and I create three rays of fire, and I hurl them at the targets within range. You could hurl them at one target or several. I have to make a ranged attack for each ray. So okay, the first so I, I got to do... Right, first one. one hits. Natural 20 on the second one. So the second one, so... Okay, go ahead and roll the third attack. And uh, then you can tell me who gets hit with what. Yeah, and then the third one is a 14 plus 7. That hits also. So who are you throwing the first one at? I'm going to probably throw two at the one by Scarlet. Okay. And then so that... one by the one closest to us. So it's a single dice roll, damage dice for the one by, for that's that's number one, and then also a double damage die. Twelve damage to okay. the one uh, that Scarlet's out. Yeah, I I rolled bad. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's right. And then uh, nine damage for the one by us. Now, which one was that third one going at? The closest one by us. So that was you said nine damage. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, Scarlet, all you can do is another saving throw, break being paralyzed. 12? You are not paralyzed anymore. Okay. You can't do anything else this turn except move. 
Moving on is Storm. What's the closest mirror lock? 15 feet to your right, 15 feet to the left, and 15 feet slightly to the right ahead of you. You're all, right, so, all in the same distance. All right. So I'm going to cast Spiritual Weapon, um, which allows me to create a floating spectral weapon within range, which is 60 feet. And I make a melee spell attack against the creature using my uh, plus four. Okay, so a little attack. And a large sword appears. And I rolled a natural 20. So double the attack dice. Yep, and that is it's a D8 plus my spellcasting modifier. Six, three, so that's nine plus two. So that 11. is 11. Okay. 11 damage. Bud, you're not next because the mean locks actually rolled higher than you. The one that was near Scarlet hesitates because you still have the torch. He's going to actually teleport across the back of the room. He teleports, he disappears, and then reappears in the back right corner opposite the entrance you came in, but on that same wall. That's his turn. Number two steps up. He's going to attack Storm. My armor class is 18. 21. Yeah, no, he hits. Uh, He does uh, seven damage. And give me a constitution saving throw. Plus one, seven, eight. Eight. You are now paralyzed for a minute. All right. So now Scarlet's no longer paralyzed, but Storm is. The one that had the sword next to it, it just moved up to uh, Bud and... Ooh, rolling nicely. A dirty 20, but that hits. Yep. The six damage, and I need a con saving throw from you. Seven. You're paralyzed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And the last one's going to go up against Calvary. We all just you're, get you're paralyzed. Really lucky. I'm rolling on a mat. It was a natural 20, but it's angled slightly, so I'm going to re-roll it. Uh, I still got an 18. All right. Boy. Sorry about that. My dice are killing you guys. It <laughs> wasn't a natural 20. More six damage, and please make the con saving throw. <laughs> All right, let's see. Nat 20. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Could I use my reaction since it I, hit me I'm, too? I'm just to... thinking, because I can't give you a special thing, you get a reaction for that nat 20. So you get a free swing at... This was number three. Not the guy you hit the first time. Yeah, I'm going to use my uh, reaction spell for the Hellish Rebuke just to light this thing on fire. So it is going to be 3d10 of damage, and it could do a dexterity saving throw for half. And he rolls a four, so six. I doubt it makes it. 21 damage. All right, you've dented them all. Um, That guy actually is more than half damage, so you're doing some damage. All right, bud, you're up. Do we uh, constitution saving throw? Nine. Nine. Okay, you only need 11, but no, you're not there. You're still paralyzed. Okay, top of the order. Calvary, hit him again. <laughs> yeah, what is the one that looks the least damage so I could banishment scroll it? Least damage is the one that attacks Storm. Okay, so I'm going to whip around on that one and take the... Uh scroll that has the banishment spell and i'm gonna hit it with that and i think you said that was dc 15 wisdom save throw so he's rolling charisma saving throw he gets an eight minus one 
he has gone back to the Feywall. Yeah. He will not be back. So you just took one off the map. Very nice. Next up is Scarlet. You are alive, active, and uh, none of the enemies are near you. Closest thing to you is the second detonating cord, and right next to it is Mirlock number three. Uh, like well, I don't want to detonate anything because that might set off the other ones. <laughs> All right. Um... Just if you attack, range attack, don't roll a one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have a crossbow, so I will use that actually. Okay, so I rolled a 17 and the hit is plus five. So you do hit, so roll the damage dice. Three. Three damage. Storm, you roll a con saving throw. 11 plus one, 12. You are <laughs> no longer paralyzed. And is that my turn? That was your action. Unless okay. you want to move. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm just going to okay. catch my breath. Let's just set everything on fire. Milok number one, he actually is going to light that back right fuse and he teleports out of there. So he's gone. Number two is dead. Number three, who is fairly hurt, but he's attacking misses. So, Bud, it's your turn. You have a con saving throw. I rolled a natural one. <laughs> okay. You're double paralyzed. No, you can't compound paralyzed. Except you fall over on your side now. You're no longer standing. Um, he sighs very heavily. You did notice that at the end of each round, the moans from the um, dragonborn that's tied up are getting louder and more hysterical. They are in process of transforming him that actually becomes less speedy the less mean locks are in the area. So that's, he's still somewhat stable for now. Calgary, you got one to your left and one that's uh, in front of you. The one to your left is uh, more beat up. The one that I did the 21 damage before, that's the left one, right? That's him, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to uh, Eldridge Blast it. Okay. That is uh, 18. That hits. 7 plus 5, which is 12. 12 damage. Yeah, he's down. He's dead. The happy ending is you do rescue Jasmine. She is much appreciative. The party will get the $1,000 reward for clearing out the mine because the... um, Mirlocks are gone. As a gesture of goodwill, I don't know if you noticed that it was Baron S. Fine was your benefactor. He actually is going to make you shareholders in the mine. So if you continue on as a party, you will receive an annual dividend from the mine if all goes well. There was a reward. I'm not going to look it up, but much appreciation from Lucas for returning his wife's pendant. So uh, good job, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Check out this fourth level adventure, A Deep and Creeping Darkness in Candlekeep Mysteries, an anthology of 17 mystery-themed adventures set in the world of Dungeons & Dragons. You can check out Candlekeep Mysteries or any other campaign guides or source books free with your library card.